Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Encounter at Home again. Um, you know, today, if you hadn't noticed, is Palm Sunday. And... Uh, I just want to take the opportunity not only to acknowledge Palm Sunday and talk a little bit about it today, but I want to just let you guys know about some of our plans coming up for Easter. If today is Palm Sunday, you know that that means next Sunday is Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to gather still, but that doesn't mean that Easter is canceled, right? We're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus next Sunday. And so uh, there's three sort of big plans that I want to communicate to you um, as a church. The first one is this Friday night. This is going to be Good Friday, right? This Friday, I want to call on the church family to let's have a family-style communion. You know, we can't, again, we can't come together to take the Lord's Supper together, but each and every individual family can at home. So what we're going to do is that Liz and I, and Anna, together with Anna and Oliver, we're going to be going on, uh, on Facebook Live as we have been for all of our services on Good Friday at 7.30 p.m., okay? Again, that's this coming Friday, Good Friday at 7.30 p.m., and I want to lead you guys, all of us um, as a church family, but each and every individual family um, in communion together as we remember the cross of Jesus Christ on Friday night, on Good Friday. So how do you do this? You know, I know that some things are limited right now, and some of us are limited even as much to as much as we can go to the, the grocery store and the supermarket. Um, you know, do you have to have a wafer and grape juice? Absolutely not. Do you have to have a piece of flatbread and wine? Absolutely not. I want to encourage you, whatever you can get, whatever you even have in your house, if it's a piece of, of white bread or a a wheat thin, or whatever you might have, along with your favorite juice, okay? Um, personally, I think in our house, we're going to probably use some crackers and maybe some sparkling grape juice. So it, it doesn't have to be any spe a specific type of bread or any specific type of juice. Just use what you have, and let's all tune in together on Friday at 7.30, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the cross, and we'll take communion together as a family. Include your kids on this, all right? Bring your kids around the table, and let's do this all together as families. The other thing, obviously next Sunday being Easter, I want to share a very special resurrection message with you. Um, it will be our regular Sunday service live at 11 a.m. in a special uh, resurrection. I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of resurrection, right? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of resurrection next Sunday for Easter Resurrection Sunday. And finally... I don't have a lot of details on this one, but one thing we're going to do is that since we're unable to gather and party for officially Easter Sunday, we're going to have an Easter celebration Sunday sometime in the summer when all of this passes and we're able to assemble again. We're going to have a special Easter party Sunday. I don't know exactly when or even a lot of the details about that because we don't know exactly what's going to happen, right? But sometime over the summer when we're able to gather again and party, we're going to celebrate Easter big time over the summer. So those are our Easter plans. Once again, happy Palm Sunday. Whoever you are uh, gathered with, probably just your, your family or maybe a very tight-knit small group, tell somebody happy Palm Sunday. Today... We're coming at you with a new series, and those of you that have been following uh, so far in the year 2020, we are in this year-long theme called SOLID, right? Biblical Foundations for Strong Disciples, and we've been learning week after week that practicing God's Word makes us strong, right? And, and maybe you want to say that right there with your family, your small group, practicing God's Word makes us strong strong. You know, uh, we started the year in January talking about the rescue, God's sal salvation plan to rescue us from sin, right? And then we talked about who's in charge, about the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. And then last month we talked about 180, a, a turnaround, right, uh, about repentance. And so 
this uh, today actually we're starting the new month of April and during the month of April we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit and so I want you to turn to somebody right there where you are and tell them the title of this month's series is empowered and maybe you want to give them your best uh, flex and say empowered you know right here even as uh, I'm preaching this message I have a little small group here with me and they are all flexing and saying empowered right we're gonna learn about being empowered by the Holy Spirit during the month of April and so again you're gonna be learning a lot about the Holy Spirit this month and today I want to start by giving you what I believe is a prophetic word this is something that's been burning in my heart over the past week. And as I talk through this, some of you might be thinking, what does this have anything to do with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you from the get-go, everything. Everything I'm going to say today, even though I may not be talking uh, specifically about the person of the Holy Spirit, we're going to get into more of that later on in the month. Everything I say today, everything that we're going to take a look at in the Word of God today, would be absolutely impossible without the Holy Spirit and so even as we get started I want us to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to have his way in our hearts can we pray right now father today thank you that you sent Jesus for us and thank you Jesus that after you died on the cross and you rose from the grave you ascended into heaven and you sent us the Holy Spirit and when he came he came as a fire and today we pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to ignite our hearts to be passionately in love with Jesus Christ Holy Spirit right here where I am and everybody watching in their home we invite you Holy Spirit to come where we are we know you're on the inside of us but let your presence even tangibly come set our hearts on fire with passionate love for Jesus Today we start our new series about the Holy Spirit called Empowered. Empowered Part 1. The title of my message today is Hearts on Fire. Maybe you could just say, I want my heart to be on fire. Why? Because nothing can empower us more. If we're talking about being empowered... If there's one thing that can empower us more than anything else, it is a solid, steadfast, passionate, on fire love for Jesus. It's love for Jesus that empowers us more than anything else. And you know what? Only the Holy Spirit can make this love for Jesus a reality in our lives it's not something that can be conjured up although it is something that can be built it's not something that we can just kind of trick ourselves into right it's, it's something that supernaturally uh, that has to come supernaturally to our hearts by the Holy Spirit and so that's why we're praying Holy Spirit set our hearts on fire with love for Jesus see everything right now is being tested Everything's being tested. I was thinking about this the other day. That when we get on the other side of all this craziness, when we get on the other side of this pandemic, when we get on the other side of this quarantine, shelter in place, can't go anywhere, can't get together with people, when we get on the other side of this, you know what? What was really, really real will remain. I was even thinking about my friends. Man, I can't really see my friends for a while. But if we were really friends, if we were truly friends, we'll get on the other side of that, of, of, of all of this, and that friendship's going to remain, right? Because everything is being tested. And in reality, when we get on the other side of this, it's going to show us what was really real. Palm Sunday in the Gospels, right, in history. Palm Sunday and then the subsequent Five days following Palm Sunday were a test of what was really real. So let's start there today. Let's start with Palm Sunday. We're going to be reading mostly from the book of Matthew today. And I'm going to start in Matthew 21. This is the story or a section of the story out of Palm Sunday. Verses 7 through 9. 
They brought the donkey and the colt to him, to Jesus, and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting. And what were they shouting? Palm Sunday. Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. So you see, Palm Sunday, you know what? The word they were shouting was Hosanna, right? Palm Sunday, what they were basically, basically proclaiming as Jesus came through this procession was, We love you, Jesus, right? It was all love for Jesus on Palm Sunday. They even made like our modern, you know, or, or an old-fashioned version of what we would call a red carpet entrance, right? They, they laid palm branches and spread out their garments and, you know, Jesus, Jesus, basically, we love you, Jesus. Hosanna, praise God for you. You're the one who comes in the name of the Lord, right? So on Palm Sunday, for the most part, it said the crowd was all in love with Jesus. But the very same city that welcomed Jesus on Palm Sunday, the very same city, just five days later, was a totally different story. You know, between Palm Sunday and what we're about to read that we, we call Good Friday, right? Jesus said and did a lot of things that rubbed peop some people the wrong way, offended others, challenged the heart of everyone. And we see from lots of love for Jesus on Palm Sunday, we get to Good Friday, and we have Matthew 27, 20 through 23. Meanwhile, the leading priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas! And Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who's called the Messiah? And they shouted back, crucify him. Pilate demanded, why? Why? What crime has he committed? And the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Wow. What a change of heart between Palm Sunday and Good Friday in Jerusalem. Something had happened. A change in so many people's hearts had happened. While there may have been some, we know there were some that did not agree with the crucifixion of Jesus, the vast majority of the city was in an uproar demanding that the Son of God that had been welcomed five days earlier with great love and praise now be murdered, now be put to death, okay? So we may be surprised by this, you know? We read history and we, and we, we get surprised, but so many people, I want us to open our hearts and our minds and open our eyes to the reality of this. So many people now allow circumstances, fears, personal reputation, you know, what it's going to cost me, this Jesus thing, obstacles, and just the price of following Jesus. So many people allow those things to turn our hearts away from King Jesus. In fact, as we're going to read here in just a minute, it is one of the signs of the accelerating nearness of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're going to read about some signs of the times. Some signs that show us that we're drawing closer and closer to the second coming. One of the main signs we're going to see is that hearts that may have had love for Jesus that love grows cold. Or that hearts that may be used to be towards God turn away. Let's look at, at, at what happened. See, we read in Matthew 20, uh, 21 and then in 27. Now we're going to read what happened in the middle. And this is Matthew chapter 24. 
I'm going to read verses 4 through 14. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming, I'm the Messiah. They'll deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and the Luke 21 version of this, exactly the same passage Jesus is saying. Uh, We're in Matthew 24. In Luke 21, Jesus says famines and plagues or pestilences or our modern word pandemic, right? Jesus said there will be famines and pandemics. And earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is just the first of birth pains with more to come. Wow, just let that one hit you right there. There's more coming. And I don't say that to discourage you. I say that for us to really open our eyes and pay attention to what's going on. Then you will be arrested, talking to his disciples, persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Not only will many turn away from Jesus, but many will betray and hate each other on the account of Jesus, right? And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And here's where we're going to really focus on today. It says, sin will be rampant everywhere, and I'm going to read this slowly, the love of many will grow cold. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. It doesn't say, he doesn't say it's people that never had love. It's people that have love But somehow that love begins to grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this good news about the kingdom will be preached. There's no question about it. Throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Before I really go for it on these verses right here, I'm going to read a couple more scriptures to you, and then we'll break it down. 1 Peter 5, 8. I'm going to read you the amplified version of this. It says, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. And other translations of this phrase say discerning the times, that we should discern the times. Be sober, be cautious, and discern the times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be devoured.
I'm going to read to you from 1 Peter 5, 8, and this is the amplified version. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. And other translations of this say discerning the times. Again, let me restate that. Be sober, cautious, and discern the times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those that he devours, right? Let's now read from Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says, this is the New Living Translation, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. And there you go again, that phrase, discerning the times. That's another way that's translated. Don't act thoughtlessly, but discern the times, okay? And understand what the Lord wants you to do. I don't know about you, but I really want to understand what the Lord wants me to do in these days. You know, you've probably heard a lot or, or thought, we're certainly living in days where these are signs of the times. And in reality, we've been seeing signs of the times, signs of, of, of the second coming, you know, what you know, most people call the end of the world. We've been seeing these signs that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, not only happening, but accelerating over the past couple of decades. And you know, is this the end of the world? I heard another pastor say this week, someone I greatly respect. It might be. Is this the end of the end? The medium, the, the, the middle of, of the end times or the, just the very beginning of, of these signs? We don't know and we can't know that. What, I, what we can do and the most important thing to do is focus. Focus on that which is most important. What is most important? As we discern the times, as we see everything going on around us, you know what? I want to propose this to you today. What's happening with the pandemic isn't the most important thing. What's happening with earthquakes isn't the most important thing. What's happening with all the different signs in the heavens and all that isn't the most important thing. What's happening with false prophets isn't the most important thing. Those are all signs. Let me tell you what I believe right now is the most important thing, possibly the most important sign we should be paying attention to, and that is the love of God's people growing cold. We cannot allow our love to grow cold in the midst of these times. What do we need to focus on in these last days? Not letting our love grow cold because in the end it will be the one thing that matters most is your love for Jesus hotter than ever before is it growing hotter or is it growing cold see nothing right now is in our control except our own soul if you've noticed lately there's really things are changing on a daily basis there's nothing that we can really have control of right now except one thing, and that is what's going on on the inside of our heart, our own soul. Our mediocre religion is obsolete in moments like these. If your love for Jesus, if my relationship with Jesus depended on all the religious activities that we're used to, it's, it's obsolete. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to work. Right now, the most important thing is, is my heart on fire for Jesus? Is my love for God on fire? Or am I allowing things, fears, obstacles, what others may think, the direction the world is going, whatever it's costing me to truly follow him. Am I allowing anything to cause my heart to begin to grow cold? If so, today is the day to correct 
course. Today is the day to turn back to our first love. Today is the day to not let our love grow cold, but begin to grow hotter again for him. We need to make sure that we have the real deal and we keep the real deal. Like I said a few minutes ago, everything's being tested. And what was real, it's going to remain on the other side. When all of this passes, what, what was real in your life is going to still be there. And I don't know about you, but I want my love for Jesus to be the real deal. And when we get on the other side of these trying times... I don't want to need something to stir my love back up for Jesus. I want to come out hotter than I was even before we got into this mess so that we can shake our world with a revival like it's never seen. I want my love for Jesus to grow hotter and hotter. And I want your love for, for Jesus to grow hotter and hotter through these trying times. Our biggest goal right now should be to keep our love hot, grow it hotter, and help others, other people's love for Jesus grow hotter rather than grow cold. Listen, all the rest can wait. Everything else, honestly, can wait. In fact, I've been thinking and praying and, 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 you know, in conversation with many other pastors and prophets and apostles and leaders over the past few weeks, I don't believe we'll ever go back to what we were before. I honestly don't think that church will ever go back to church as usual, church as normal, what was normal before this. I don't think it'll ever go back to that. I think things are changing and they will, they will permanently change. And, and so many things right now can just wait. But there is one thing that absolutely can't wait that we've got to pursue. And that is our love, for our passion for Jesus has got to grow hotter and hotter and not allow anything to cause our love to grow cold. Personal relationship, personal love for Jesus, and collective relationship, you know, collective love for Jesus, are just not the same thing. It's not. If all my love for Jesus was was coming together, worshiping together, praying together, church services, prayer meetings, small groups, even meeting up with someone else and kind of depending on what they can tell me. You know what? What matters the most right now and the only thing that's going to get you through is your own personal, individual love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that we can live broadcast to you and I can preach these me this message to you. I'm so thankful for a worship team that comes together and leads us in worship online. I'm so thankful today for technology and social media and all that, that we can have our Wednesday night discipleship online. I'm so thankful that we can come together and pray together online. But listen, even all of that isn't going to cut it if I am not cultivating my own personal passion for Jesus in the secret place. My secret relationship with Him is being tested. And rather than it growing cold, mine, I don't know about yours, but mine is just going to grow hotter through all of this. And I challenge you to let your relationship, to pursue your love for him growing hotter and hotter through all of this. Don't let your love grow cold. Right now, it's totally up to you. It's totally up to you and your personal commitment to Jesus. Just practically, how can I keep my heart hot in all of this? How? Say, all right, I don't want to let my love for Jesus grow cold. I don't want to just keep the same love for Jesus. I want my heart to grow hot for Jesus. How can the fire of passion and love for Jesus grow hotter. How can I keep my heart hot? How can I let my heart grow hotter and hotter for Jesus? 
You know what? It's nothing complicated. It's some spiritual symbol, some simple spiritual disciplines that we often overlook or we just kind of, they just kind of get lost when we're used to collective religion, right? Some often overlooked spiritual disciplines that we have to grab a hold of because real Christianity, the real deal is always going to hinge on these things. And I've just got two for you today. And because I'm a preacher, I have to make them both start with the same letter so you can remember them, right? There are two things, two lifestyles that you can grab a hold of and dig deep in. And these two things will cause your heart to grow hotter for Jesus. They are, number one, devotion, and number two, discipleship. Devotion and discipleship. Very simply, the first one is devotion. And this is secret. This is private. This is personal. Not that others won't know about it. Believe me, if you have a devotional life, everybody around you will know about it. The difference will be obvious. But devotion doesn't happen in public. Devotion doesn't happen collectively. Devotion happens privately in the secret place. Just three little suggestions here for your devotional life. Number one, I say it in almost every message, but I'll say it again, and that is daily Bible reading. We need to read our Bibles more than ever before. And I want to encourage you to take time daily, yes, daily. And if you were already a daily Bible reader, you know what? Double up. We need to get into the Word like never before. And more than just getting into the Word, we need to let the Word get in us like never before. Read your Bible. Don't just listen to these messages. Don't just tune into discipleship. That's wonderful. Don't just see what everybody else is posting on Facebook. Get into your own Bible every single day. Read your Bible and let the Bible get in you because the Bible is the living word of God. And when you get into the Bible and let the Bible get in you, the life of Jesus gets on the inside of you. Another thing for your personal devotion is personal prayer. You know, we're used to having lots of prayer meetings and I'm so looking forward to the day we can again. And I so love getting online and, and going live and praying live and us being able to join together and pray. But let me tell you, if that's all you got, it won't cut it. Personal, private prayer in the secret place. A time where you, on your own, whether you have to take a walk for a few minutes or go into your bedroom or your bathroom or drive around in the car, whatever it takes, some private Prayer time is so important to where you can just personally, secretly connect with Jesus. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I'll say it again. Pray in the Spirit more than you ever have before. Pray in other tongues because, you know, I've been noticing lately a lot of what I've been praying is praying the scriptures because I'm getting the, you know, the, the word is in me. So I pray the word of God. But a lot of my praying is just praying in other tongues lately. Because I know that the Holy Spirit, when I pray in other tongues, when I pray in the Spirit, He's praying the right prayers through me. He's interceding through me. You know, even like, like the Bible says in Romans, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps us pray. Even sometimes it's just groans that come out that, that, that we can't express in words. A lot of my prayer lately has been just groans or praying in other tongues. I want to encourage you, take time for personal, private prayer in the secret place and take time to pray in the spirit more than ever before remember when you pray in the spirit the bible says in first corinthians we build ourselves up in the most holy faith if you want to build your spirit up pray in the spirit so daily time in the word of god and time personally praying in the in the secret place another thing worship in the secret place as i was driving over here today getting ready to preach this message to you i said i'm going to leave 30 minutes early and i'm going to drive the long way 
and just put on some worship music and just worship God in the secret place where nobody else can see me or hear me. You know, we're so used to coming to church services and clapping our hands and lifting our hands and, 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 and singing all the songs together. And I love that. Oh, how I miss worshiping together with all of you. But let me tell you, some of the most wonderful, powerful worship moments for me are when I'm all by myself in private. And, you know, I happen to think that God hears my heart a little louder when I'm all by myself. And I want to encourage you, although we all miss worshiping together, worship in private. Seek some time by yourself Again, whether you have to close yourself in your room or in your car or whatever, or, or take a walk around the block with, 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 with Spotify, whatever you have to do. But get some alone time and just worship Jesus right by yourself. As you spend time personally in the Word, as you spend time personally praying, just you and Him, as you spend time praying in the Spirit, as you spend time just singing and worshiping the Lord all by yourself with Him, you are cultivating the fire of your love, your passionate, your personal passion for Jesus. So number one is devotion, and number two is discipleship. You know, just two practical things about that. Discipleship is learning to follow Jesus, right? And discipleship implies that we're learning to follow Jesus together. That's where our challenge is right now. We're, 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 discipleship doesn't happen, you know, in an isolated bubble. Discipleship requires other people. <laughs> we learn to follow Jesus together. That's what discipleship, right, is all about. We're a bunch of disciples in a ship together going towards Jesus, so discipleship requires fellowship, which requires creativity these days. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, get outside of the box. We can't really get together very, very much right now, but call somebody. You know, don't just text people. Call somebody. Let's hear each other's voices over the phone. Even FaceTime or a lot of people are using Zoom in groups. Whatever it takes to see somebody else and have some sort of fellowship with people these days. Just get, you, you use the most creativity you possibly can to have fellowship with people. I really hope, I have a big hope that when we get on the other side of this, we're going to value fellowship more than we ever have before. Okay? But discipleship requires fellowship. Somehow find a creative way to be in fellowship with others. And another thing is be hungry and be humble. You know what? Be hungry to get whatever you can, wherever you can, however you can, however you can grow, right? Take advantage of every possible group chat. Every possible discipleship. You know, we're doing Wednesday night discipleship, but maybe your small group is, is meeting, your e-group or your small group or whatever is meeting for a Zoom chat. Or maybe you just want to call up somebody that you've discipled or somebody that maybe that's your leader that's discipling you. But just be hungry enough and humble enough to pursue growth however you have to make it happen, right? You know, when I'm really hungry... I'm not a fast food fan, but if I'm hungry enough, I'll go to McDonald's. You know, it's not my first choice, but if I'm hungry enough, I'll go to Wendy's, you know? And so I want to encourage you as far as discipleship is concerned, be creative in your fellowship, but also just be so hungry to grow that you'll do whatever it takes to get whatever you need to grow, right? So devotion and discipleship, the Bible, personal prayer, worshiping in the secret place, your own personal dis, uh, devotional life, and discipleship. Do whatever it takes to be in fellowship and to grow with others as we get through this together. Now, as I conclude this message today, I want to go back to the Holy Spirit in all of this. Nothing can empower us, right? We're talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Nothing can empower us more than our passionate, personal love for Jesus. And the only one who can make that love a reality in our life is the Holy Spirit. In fact, Romans 5, verse 5, second part of that verse says, 
we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We need the Holy Spirit to pour out the love of God in our hearts so that we can love him back. The only way to truly love God the way we ought to love God is to have the very love of God burning in our hearts. We have to know his love for us so that we can love him back. And you know what? Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to pour out that love in our hearts so that it's more than a theory, more than a philosophy, more than just a great religious idea, and more than just songs. God wants his love in your heart to be a reality. And the Holy Spirit wants to pour out that love in your heart right there where you are. And even as you pursue him in your daily devotion and as you pursue him in discipleship, the Holy Spirit wants to make the love of Jesus Christ a fiery reality in our hearts. We need the fire of the love of Jesus burning in our hearts. And we've got to understand something as I close with this. When the Holy Spirit came on the first disciples in the book of Acts chapter 2, each, the Holy Spirit was poured out and it was like wind. And then the first thing we see happen is that fire comes on the disciples. And it doesn't say that just a collective fire came down on them. It says, I want, I want to challenge you. Go read it, Acts chapter 2. It says that a, a flame came down and rested on each individual disciple. A tongue or a flame rested on each individual disciple. You and I need our own individual fire for Jesus I can't give you the fire. Your wife can't give you the fire. Your best friend can't give you the fire. Only you can get your heart set on fire with passion for Jesus by tapping in to a relationship with the Holy Spirit who is the fire of God. He will consume your heart with passionate love for Jesus, but you have to seek him in a personal an individual way. In just a few minutes, I'm going to pray for all of us to be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit so that our hearts can truly be on fire. I believe everyone listening or watching this message, your heart is going to be caught on fire with love for Jesus. I believe you, you're watching this, you're listening to this. Some of you even feel the fire of the Holy Spirit in your heart burning right now as I say this. Your love is not going to grow cold. Your love is going to grow hotter and hotter. And you're going to make it to the other side of all of this. And you're going to come out on fire, your heart on fire for Jesus. The first thing is, though, do you love Jesus in the first place? I know that many people are probably watching this and everybody is in a different uh, season of your life maybe your heart has never been caught on fire by the love of Jesus today you can be born again maybe you, you maybe your sins have never been forgiven because let me tell you if you've experienced the forgiveness of your sins your heart will respond by loving Jesus with a passion and today I want to pray for you if you've never given your life to Jesus you've never been born again right there right now you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord your sins can be forgiven you can receive a brand new heart and a brand new life and that new heart can be caught on fire with passionate love for Jesus I want to pray with you in just a minute others of you may be watching this and maybe you say I used to be on fire for Jesus but my love has grown cold we call that being backslidden Okay, And today I believe that those of you whose love has, has maybe grown a little bit cold or maybe you've fallen away or maybe you're not following Jesus like you once did, today I believe the Holy Spirit wants to catch your heart on fire for him again. Others of us just need to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit so that our fire, the, 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 the flames of the fire in our heart can be fanned. I want to pray for all of us today. So I'm going to do this. 
First of all, I want to pray with you. If you've never been born again or if you've been backslidden and you need to come back to the Lord today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And these are not magical words. You can certainly repeat them. But I invite you to pray your own prayer because this is a personal decision. Remember, everybody has their, have their own personal fire for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you came for me to rescue me. You died on the cross to forgive my sins. You rose from the grave to make me a new person, to give me a new heart. Jesus, today, I believe in you. I confess you are my Lord. I surrender my heart. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, give me a new life, give me a new heart. I turn away from my sins. I turn away from this world and I turn my heart over to you. Jesus, fill my heart with the Holy Spirit today. Fill my heart with your love. Catch my heart on fire with love for you. I want to follow you the rest of my days. Listen, if you've been backslidden today, come back to him. Maybe pray something like this. Jesus, I know your love. I know how much you love me, but I've grown cold. And today I make a decision. No more. Jesus, Fan the flames of my love for you again. Jesus, I come back to you. I repent of my backsliding. I come back to you today, Jesus. Catch my heart again, on fire again. Light the fire again in my heart. I want to love you more than I ever have before. And I want to follow you. I want to backslide no longer. I want to move forward. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you the rest of my life, Lord. In Jesus' name. And now I want to pray for all of us today to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with a fresh fire. Holy Spirit, even as we watch in our homes, in our small groups, or maybe all alone. Some of us are all alone watching and listening to this. Holy Spirit, come like a rushing wind, just like you did. On the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit, come. Blow on us fresh again. Fan the flames, fan the flames of fire in our heart. Holy fire, a love for Jesus that's like a passionate burning fire that cannot be quenched, but that grows more and more and more. We pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to burn for you, Jesus. I want to burn for you, Jesus. I surrender my heart, my heart. It's your temple. It's your house. Jesus, my heart exists to love you and to burn for you and my life to burn bright with your love for all the world to see. Holy Spirit, fill me fresh. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to continue praying there in your house. As you go into your own private devotional times this week, pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to consume your heart. If you are with your family or in a home group, maybe you could have a little discussion just very simply. What are some practical, actionable steps to keep my love for Jesus hot and to grow it even hotter? What are some practical, actionable steps to keep my love for Jesus hot and to grow it even hotter? If you are in a family group or, or an encounter at home or small group, whatever type of setting, even if you're in, in, in a group chat, how can I practically keep my love for Jesus hot and grow it even hotter? So glad to be able to share the word with you today. I want you to remember that we're going to have Wednesday discipleship at 
Well, it's been a pleasure once again to share the Word of God with you today. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're inspired. I hope you are challenged to pursue Jesus like never before. Your love's not going to grow cold. It's going to grow hotter and hotter. Just quickly want to remind everybody that on Wednesday night, we have Wednesday Discipleship, 7.30, Facebook Live. And then on Good Friday... Friday evening, 7.30, we're going to have a family time of communion. Join together with your family and include your kids and use whatever bread, crackers, or juice you have. And we're going to just take some time to remember the cross and take communion together. And I'm so excited to share next Sunday a message about the spirit of resurrection. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Encounter at Home. Stick around just for a couple more moments for some important announcements. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.